0: Hello,
1: and welcome to the Integrated Business Planning Experience, a podcast where supply chain solution practitioners and thought leaders from business and industry who have been there and done it, come together to share insights and advice on all things SAP Integrated Business Planning, or IBP. I'm your host, John Wilson, and I have the pleasure of guiding you through some fascinating conversations about how to unlock the secrets of IBP and how it can help your business. Whether you enjoy a bit of social football on a Sunday or you're vying for World Cup glory, there'll be something here for everyone. This episode is part of our second season. And if you're new to the podcast, then please feel free to take in some of the classic matches in our back catalog and enjoy the amazing 11 episodes from season one. Now, each episode will have some fantastic guests to hear real world use cases of how businesses doing integrated business planning Fortunately, I'm not here alone, but I'm part of a high-performance team coached by Mr. Mark Golly, a man whose tactical expertise and strategic cunning when it comes to IBP rival those of Sir Alex Ferguson. Welcome, Mark.
0: Hi, John. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, very good. Mark, there may be some people out there who are new to the podcast. It's hard to imagine, but uh, perhaps you can just give us a quick introduction summary of your role in this wonderful IBP team.
0: Yeah, thanks, John. Um, well, certainly I'm not um, Sir Alex uh, Ferguson. Much better looking. Um, don't have anywhere near as much money, but I'm that annoying Division Three manager that just um, says go out there and, and crack everyone and foul everyone and throw yourself on the ground and, and appeal for penalties. That's me, right? So, no. Uh, but semi-seriously, I'm just a regular guy um, who has... Um, a severe dose of um, an infliction called curiosity (laughs) Um, and in relation to the IBP process and how do we best leverage that technology. And over the course of a number of years, being in the Premier League, um, so to speak, um, I've been privileged enough to come up against a few top-class managers um, and a few top-class players um, um, across a number of um, environments and being able to connect at a, at a national and an international level with them um, with giants of the um of the IBP soccer world right um, like like Gav here um um whose innovative thinking um and um ingenuity have actually helped push the um, the ibp community forward in this region so it's actually a privilege to be here and share the um share the podcast with you and with Gavin
1: Oh, fantastic. And yes, as you mentioned in, in this episode, we are also joined by Gavin Elangakoon, is the Planning Excellence Manager at Beega. Welcome to the podcast, Gavin. Thank you, John. And thanks, Mark. Now, Gavin, you know, in, in my mind, I'm wondering exactly what does a Planning Excellence Manager do? Do you want to talk a little bit about your role and uh, and what you do at Bega?
2: Yes, good question. It, it is a bit of a unique one. Um but one in, you know, one way or shape or form we've sort of had over the many years I've been at Bega. Um So my responsibility is to support Bega's, uh planning team in uh, basically continuous improvement across three main pillars. And that's um, process improvement, technology improvement, and people capability improvement. So um, my team plays an important role to partner with with materials, supply and demand to make sure that, um, you know, we're constantly getting better in all three of those areas.
1: Fantastic. And I mean, uh, many people, well, particularly here in Australia, may be familiar with Bega, um because of the, the cheese brand, but bigger does does more than just cheese. Do you want to tell us a little bit about, you know, what Bega does and, and the different, uh, you know, food and drinks products that uh, that you manage?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So that's correct. So, um, you know, with the recent acquisition, Bigger has grown over the last couple of years. Um, uh, we do specialize, as you mentioned, in Bigger, in, in cheese um, and also uh, products like and brands like Vegemite. Um, but, you know, at its essence, we're a manufacturing, a manufacturing company and we uh, manufacture Across multiple different categories, um, including milk, iced coffee, flavoured milk, yogurt, and juice. Um, and we, we, we are proud owners and proud as, you know, we have proud brands um, that are very familiar to a lot of Australians at home. Um, you'd find them in your pantry. Um, you know, products like Dairy Farmers, Pura, Dare Ice Coffee, Farmers Union, Yo Play. And Daily Juice has so a massive brands we're really proud of. Um, and we also have some uh, in other parts of the business as well, uh, a bulk ingredients business, which looks after you know, bulk-type products like milk powders as well. Um, and, yeah, and I mentioned the peanut butters and, and the Vegemites as well, so some longer shelf-life stuff as well as just shorter shelf-life stuff. Um, just for some perspective, um, you know, we, we procure over 1,600 Purchase materials that so includes finished goods, in- ingredients and packaging. We have um, a double digit production locations um, across the country, 27 stocking locations and lots of SKU and lane combinations to manage. So it's a very complex, fast moving business.
1: Wow. So, yeah, I mean, for, for sure, in, in virtually every Australian household, whether in the fridge or in the pantry, you're going to be finding one or more bigger products. <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, that's uh, super exciting. So, Gavin, maybe can you tell us a little bit about Beager's journey towards integrated business planning?
2: Yes. So, um Planning is essential to what we do at Bega, um, you know, especially in the area I sit in, in the dairy and drink space where, um, you know, it's so important to ensure that we have balance. So we, our, our, our process has matured over the years. You know, I started back in the business in 2010 um, and we use primarily SAP APO to focus on, you know, our tactical planning. And then uh, as our processes matured, we found the need to then mature our technology. So we, in about 2015, 16, we moved into um, SAP IBP S&OP, which, which was really there to sort of support us through the, the, the monthly strategic planning processes. Um, so yeah, it's it sort of, our process has evolved and the technology has evolved with it over the, over the numerous years. Um, We've been fortunate, I think, over the years to have some really great leadership. And as Mark mentioned, Mark has worked with many of those people over the years. Um, And they've been really, really supportive of maturing our processes and investing in our technology because they understood the need and the benefit of having a business that's in balance all the time. Um, So, yeah, now, now. IBP and and the tools are used right across the business. It's not just a a supply chain tool. So, yeah, it's been an amazing journey, and I've had the privilege of working with awesome people and uh, a lot of thought leaders in the
1: process. Fantastic, and it's really interesting. You know, you mentioned the kind of the process, and you know the the way that you've you've used the tools, uh, including you know APO, SAP Advanced Planning and Optimization, and and now Integrated Business Planning. I mean, it it seems like you you kind of approached it, you know, from a sort of top down. You know, starting with that that sales and operations planning, and looking at the longer term view, and then. You know, bringing in you know more capabilities o- over time to to build out that full capability. I mean, you've been using APO for for many years. Uh, have you fully transitioned across now to to integrated business planning? We're not fully
2: transitioned, but um, we are on the journey. So, as you mentioned, John, you know we we we've been we had been using APO for a long time to manage sort of the short term processes, but You know, our our, we we knew that it wasn't really fit for purpose when it looked at when when it came to long term strategic planning, um and and sort of driver based planning, looking at uh longer term um you know, category growth assumptions and things like that. So that's when we moved into IBP S and OP for our longer term process. And then we currently still use SAP. APO for our supply planning tactical processes, for so the shorter term. Um, and we are at a really exciting phase right now. Um, SAP IBP for demand planning with demand sensing. So that's, that's uh, the next step in moving into IBP for planning, which we're very, very excited about.
1: Yeah, no, I mean that that whole demand sensing, you know, Mark, in, in the dairy industry, you know, where you're dealing with, you know, very fast moving, you know, sort of short shelf life products like, you know, like yogurts and 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 milks, and you know, it makes a lot it makes a lot of business sense. I mean, Mark, I, I remember back in season one, you you did it, an episode entitled, you know, Demand Is Not a Game of Chance, where you talked with Benny Christensen from Ala Foods. Mm-hmm. Going back to to that episode uh, episode, uh, you know, what were the kind of key insights that you had there, and you know, how do they relate to to what bigger are looking at now?
0: Great question. Um, just to start off with, yeah, demand sensing in in, in any daily fresh business, whether it be a dairy or um, any other um, business with short shelf life, high velocity, um, and almost continuous manufacturing, uh, for example. Um demand sensing makes perfect sense, right? Especially with them um, um, with the business model. It's actually, I think, built to support these use cases. Right? And the conversation with Benny, um, which was fantastic, and Arla, um, the whole episode was actually based around the fact that they didn't um they deployed demand sensing in their business. And it wasn't by chance that they actually did it. Right? Um, so they improved, fine, um, so if I remember correctly, in applying demand sensing, they improved their forecast accuracy by over 10 percentage points in the sh- very short term. So the first six weeks, right, which in a short shelf life um, business like um, Arla Foods and Vega, and is just kind of gold. It's absolute critical um, stuff. And Um, It helps manage those expectations from a customer perspective and minimise waste as well. They improved um, their replenishment model. um, They decreased their obsolescence and their waste. But the biggest learning about um, um, not leaving anything to chance was the actually learning to trust and tune the AI ML output as a result of demand sensing. And when that was achieved, um, they went from strength to strength. So finding those one to two or three people within your business capable of driving change, doing the tuning, seeing and advocating the quality and robustness of the process, and being able to articulate how it adds value to their work through their deep understanding, like Ala will actually yield them the outcomes sustainably. And that was that wasn't a game of chance for Arla. That was planned. Right? And so the benefits for short shelf life, high velocity um, type um, continuous manufacturing products, and even discrete manufacturing um, is um, is critical. And like I said, um, demand sensing is actually um, built to support those use cases.
1: Fantastic, thank you, Mark. And you know, if you're interested in learning more about uh, Alas, you know, use case there, um, please check out that uh, that episode from uh, from last season. Um, so, Gavin, one of the one of the areas that you know that's come up many times in the different discussions that we've been having is around the the importance of finding you know the right leaders for change and and having a change management program that matches you know the the ambitions that you have for transformation. Um, I'm interested in how you approach this at at Bega. Yeah, I, you know,
2: Mark touched upon it earlier. He talked about, especially as we move into something new like demand sensing, um, a technology which we haven't used before. Um, it, it it comes it, it comes with you know the need to ensure that our people um, trust the system. It's a tool which is using uh, more automated technology, like Mark said, machine learning, artificial intelligence, to um, predict forecasts. So um, with that. Trust in the system comes managing change, which can be extremely difficult. Change is really difficult, um, but I think the way we've tackled it at Bega is doing a couple things. I think finding finding people and leaders within the business who um, have a strong influence is is a really uh, is, has been successful. So, um, getting them on board, especially if they're within the area of the business that's being impacted, even better, because um, that allows you to sort of manage the change with that stakeholder group, with someone they trust, um, and and yeah, and 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 believe in and can work with. So, I think finding those influences is really critical. Um, and I also think something, another thing that Big has done, you know, really well. And I'm really proud of and lucky to be a part of over the last 13 years with the business. There's always been some form of center of excellence within multiple parts of our business, but specifically specifically when we're talking about planning, there's always been some sort of center of excellence that is constantly working with our planners to build their capability, optimize the system so so we're using it at the right way and getting the most out of it and just Continuously reinforcing those good practices of good process, um, good data governance, um, that sort of thing. So it, it's never been a case where we've implemented a system or process and then it was just up to the users to, um, you know, support themselves. We've always had that center of excellence team there side by side, partnering with them to get the most out of
1: you know, themselves um, and the system and the process i think that's i mean that's a really important part of this is is having that that investment you know in in your case in in the center of excellence that really helps to ensure that you know not only do do you implement the capability but that it's sustained and maintained in in the longer term you know i'm interested in you know in the approach that you took to maybe to break some of that change management down and into smaller pieces that could then be digested by the business and 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 sustained on in an ongoing way
2: yeah so we what we've really embraced over the last several years as we've um embedded technology is an an agile sort of approach so really conceptually it's just chunking things down into smaller parts so you know we haven't gone with the approach of massive transformations uh, we've picked and chosen different areas that we thought are ready to implement a technology because the process is at a stage where we need to do that. So we've basically tackled those little um, sort of little chunk down parts, um, built it, learned from it, tested it, got user feedback, and then we're constantly just optimizing it. And when we get it to a stage where we think you know we're maximizing it and we're comfortable, then we start looking at all right, what's next? You know, and we have a we have an idea of what we want to do over the longer term, but chunking it down just makes managing that change um, so much so much simpler and easier. So um, it's yeah, agile's really helped, um, uh, and it's sort of tied. You know, Agile and lean are sort of tied together, and they've been really powerful, powerful, powerful tools that we've used. To embed and sustain process and technology.
1: yeah, i love I love this idea of you know combining you know different methodologies, you know, and we we often hear this kind of classic sort of waterfall agile debate, but here we're not having that. you know it's more, hey, how do we take the the things from agile that that work in terms of you know like you say creating those manageable sort of chunks? but then also adopting you know those lean principles to support the the continuous improvement right you know once once you actually get it in place and you know mark you know this is you know perhaps the first time that we've talked about lean in uh, this this podcast series you know you're you're pretty familiar with with lean principles i mean what it what do you think about the power of of them in terms of supporting continuous improvement journeys, and you know how can how can you help explain how that is uh, is useful?
0: Again, outstanding question, John. Yeah, I think lean principles applied to any situation can can be of enormous benefit. Um, and typically you'll find lean in more supply chain or operational senses because, it just makes sense. Well, to me, it just makes good sense to apply it to any process-driven um, business that requires people and problem-solving. Mm-hmm. So I think Lean Principle is actually driving um, effectiveness and efficiency of choices in continuous improvement programs like Gavin Leads uh, can actually help teams focus on really important so in most instances good ci programs to form of lean principles almost by default and perhaps don't even recognize it kind of thing the principles of things like visual management problem solving leading and managing change and driving incremental rather than transformational improvement like gavin was talking about and then chocking those, then agreeing on the next increment, and then chocking them ensures change that and, and change adoption that is sustained and embedded in new ways of work, from my perspective. And then supplementing that with tools like um, Plan D Check Act, PDCA, ensures that those controls, those capabilities, those measures. Though that rigour that has been put into that adoption and sustained capability um, is in place to ensure that you actually have long-term solutions and knowledge transfer and capture are all in place as well. So whether they whether they know they're doing it or not, good IBP CI programs actually probably employ um lean principles anyway but um lean principles isn't simply an operational or a supply chain event or or program um whenever people and process um are involved um lean principles can be applied
1: i think you know in, in the discussions we've been having you know it's come up a few times you know the need to you know to keep people engaged to keep the solution current to avoid that loss of of knowledge or you know that that you know sort of disuse that that happens over time you know is is there anything else mark that you would suggest that you know that can help in in you know keeping that engagement keeping that currency you know with a solution
0: yeah i i find- there's probably four areas that are um, keeping the solution current and keeping the CI list and the backlog list relevant and all of this kind of thing from an agile perspective. And that's about focusing on the ongoing optimization and making the right choices. determining the um, the first one, ongoing optimization and choices. The second one is about determining the nice versus need, making the business value and user experience decisions to deliver those value um, and engagement rather than, geez, this would be nice to play around with, right? It may not actually deliver that, that business value. Now, the third one is about continuing to invest time in having those quality um, um, of data and of insights right? that the um, that the tools and systems and processes can provide. And the last one I think is really, really important as well, and probably the most important is that. You need to have the energy and the passion to keep pushing, being aware, challenging the art of the impossible as well. So thinking about things a little bit differently. So keeping the solution current is is a combination of those four elements from my perspective. And if you do, you're going to make the right choices. And the right choices from a user experience perspective, which drives engagement. And a business value perspective, which keeps the business engaged.
1: Yeah, no, excellent advice. Um, so, Gavin, you know, you've, you've you know been on the APO journey, implemented integrated business planning, sales and operations planning. You're in the middle of of you know that that demand sensing, you know, sort of a real, I guess, change in the 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 level of detail and and the 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 level of information that you're going to be able to use in your planning process. Um, I mean, that will then flow through into, you know, ongoing continuous improvement. But as you look ahead, what are some of the other big items that you're excited about tackling, you know, maybe in the medium to long term?
2: Yeah, John, so you sort of touched upon, right? Medium term, especially over the course of this uh, next year, Getting demand sensing right is going to be priority for us, and really maximising um, the value of that tool. Figuring out what our roles all are uh, in the demand sensing process, how do we optimise the tool to make sure that we are getting, you know, the improved forecast accuracy, etc., at the right locations. I think that is going to be a real focus for our team over the next year. Um, Which is really exciting because it's something we haven't done before so it's really it's really about getting good people together to figure out what's what's the best approach and just keeping on tweaking it over the course of the year so that's probably the first one the second one is um, we want to make sure that we're still using those lean continuous improvement principles throughout what we do um, within a from a planning perspective whether that's in our monthly strategic process or our tactical process um, we want to do more problem solving, using, using utilizing tools like Five Whys to solve problems, solve IBP, IBP and balancing problems. Um, we want to keep doing more of that sort of stuff. And then down the road, in terms of some of the bigger stuff, you know, we've tackled the long-term strategic planning process with IBP S and op We're in the process of tackling the short-term demand planning process with IBP for demand and sensing. Uh, the next cab off the rank, we're we'll probably be looking at something like um, uh, IBP for supply and response, you know, or a tool which supports our short-term tactical supply planning processes. That would be the next major
1: thing that we need to um, work on. Uh, uh, a lot, to, uh, a lot to, to look forward to, I guess, you know. Uh, so I'd really like to thank you, Gavin, for for the great insights into the the work that Bigger has already completed and and the work that you have uh, underway at the moment. Mark, yeah, you know, I'm interested in your perspective. Just maybe in some final words, you know, this the approach of kind of looking at the big picture, the, the, the overall SNOP picture, and then focusing down at the you know the very you know detailed sort of immediate you know uh, picture with with demand and demand sensing. And then coming back to the middle—is—is is this a—is this a good strategy in terms of uh, implementing integrated business planning?
0: Yeah, listen, it is, and and I just wanted to thank um, you and Gavin for the um, honour and privilege to be a really small part of this conversation. It has been an absolute um, um, honour, um, and I, I guess for me, um, the approach—you hear the word transformation with a capital T—and Shutter, right? Um, and the amount of change and the amount of um, work and the amount of um, time and effort that's going to be invested in new ways of work and things like that. And the way that I like to consider what Gavin and the team and the broader, bigger business are, are doing is that they're approaching it um, with a small t approach, right? Not a capital T, a small t approach. Right? So they're choosing wisely, right? They're um, playing where the value is for the business. So, for example, you know, um, their next focus in response and supply is just a natural extension of the demand signal, and is perfectly suited for the dairy business, in my view. And they to be applauded for going um, for considering that next, and not something like, you know. Um, um, inventory, which for short shelf life, and um, high velocity, um, things that turn over with a day shelf life or two days worth of inventory doesn't provide a lot of value. In some instances it will, but they'd fish where the fish are. Right? I think their hybrid approach to their IVP development, deployment and challenges through problem solving and lean um, through um, normal um, through the changing of their paradigms from a normal deployment makes perfect sense for their business and would make perfect sense for multiple, multiple, multiple businesses out there. So instead of a big T, a transformation, they're going through a small T, a transition. Right, And so over time, that small T, using Lean principles, you embed, you chop, you get the benefits, you, imbe- you improve again, you embed, you chop, using lean principles along with agile processes um, is, um, um, is working for Bega, right? and it could work um, for uh, for a lot of other companies who are perhaps a little bit scared of that capital T. I think that um, again, um, to be uh, to congratulate Bega, is that their commitment to their continued investment in learning and capability and ci actually keeps them at that forefront of that innovation and ingenuity and it's not just a case of uh, needing to do it because that they're fast moving short shelf life um product it's actually because it delivers value to the business and it becomes a sustainable advantage so well done to the bega team it's an absolute honor privilege to listen to you, Gav, um, around the journey uh, that Bega um, has undertaken so far and that um, uh, you have been such a such a big part of. So thank you for sharing. Thanks, Mark.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank thank you both. Um, I think some really some really valuable insights there in terms of you know going with where the value is, understanding, you know, the the problems you're trying to solve, and then the investment that you make in, in that center of excellence and that continuous improvement and the principles in which you you build that. You know, to keep our, our football analogy going, I think we've definitely kicked some goals today. So uh, so thank you both. Uh, and you know that brings us to the end of another fascinating episode of uh, the integrated business planning experience. Um, please check back soon uh, for for the next episode uh, in this series. We look forward to uh, to joining you there.